Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of QSR Uncut. I'm your host, Danny Klein, the editorial director here at QSR Magazine. And so this week, we're going off the restaurant uh, trail, which we do from time to time, as you've come to realize, with some insights from different tech companies, um, people in the supply chain. And I think it's always good to mix those in with operators to kind of get that high-level view, um, see what's happening from the outside and how it's affecting everybody in the industry. So this week we're talking to Adam Blacker, VP of Insights at Aptopia. So if you're familiar with our website, which I hope you are, and our e-letters and all those other things that we offer, Adam's been writing a monthly column for us for a while now, really which was um, kind of originally conceptualized around the idea of let's take the 10 most downloaded QSR apps and you know, rank them essentially. And then we'll go from there in terms of what happened this month, you know, what drove, you know, somebody up and down the charts. And it's been amazingly interesting over time. I think we really started off with this idea that McDonald's was doing a great job and <laughs> it's kind of taken on a little, a lot of different levels since then, you know, we'll have these big promotions, like for example, McDonald's, um, you know, the Grimace float uh, camp situation that happened recently and, and what that did for them beyond the uh, controversy. So Anyway, Adam, thank you for joining us. Um, I'll give you a chance to introduce yourself and you know, kind of tell people what you do at Aptopia. Yeah, awesome. Thanks. Glad to be here. Um, this is this is this is great. Yeah. So, uh, for those who have not heard of Aptopia, it's a mobile intelligence company. So, uh, brands, QSR brands, might use us for a variety of reasons, but at a high level, it's to understand what their competitors are doing on mobile. And is that driving success, failure, stagnation? Uh, so, like uh, a really good, uh, you know, Danny mentioned the the, the top charts that I do uh, in the column, and that's essentially benchmarking. And so, you can imagine that, you know, during the pandemic, when um, a lot of different markets were increasing, um, especially e-commerce, and so that included, you know, mobile ordering. Um, you know, someone like, and I'm just making things up by the way, but someone like Wendy's might be seeing like, oh my God, our, uh, mobile app usage just, just grew by a hundred percent and you might be patting yourself on the back. But then if Wendy's like went and looked and they saw that all of their competitors were actually growing at 150%, well, kind of puts things into perspective for you and, and lets you understand like, okay, <laughs> we thought we were doing a good job, but it's just a rising tide. And actually some people are like surfing the waves a little higher than we are. Um, yeah, you know, I have a question about that, actually. So sure. I, I think to your point, we've all been that, that entire segment of, of digital um, engagement, loyalty has been ri riding that tide, you know, for about a year and a half, I would say, you know, where you really a lot of it was bouncing off the bottom. And then some people were continuing. And I think, you know, McDonald's, again, has really done a pretty good job of maintaining and growing. But I mean, are we seeing now a point where it's kind of recalibrating a little bit and the cream is kind of rising to the top or is it really still growing you know exponentially at this point so yeah i i just checked and uh <laughs> i, I have like a, a market <laughs> i didn't know I, that by the way say that again i said i didn't actually know that you checked by the way in case I didn't oh yeah this was not set up that's right <laughs> uh, no i did just check uh because i wanted i i charted i have this market uh that i have access to and it's the top i call it the top uh 36 qsrs and I just like looked at it from October, January, uh, 2018 to July, uh, just last month and July last month was the highest amount of downloads that we had seen thus far. And it's not like this perfect every month that, uh, you know, downloads and user sessions, by the way, are going up, 
but there is like a trend line that you can draw and it just has been going up and up and up. And I think just to re like, did the pandemic accelerate things? Yes. I mean, that's typically the case with certain industries, but I think the two main drivers are just that, well, people are becoming more familiar with mobile apps. They're like clearly a part of your everyday life. Mobile penetration is growing. And what I mean by that is just more and more people are getting mobile phones or, or phones that are able to have apps loaded onto them because you'd, you'd be surprised there's like a certain amount of people who, who don't have access to that. And then companies yeah. are investing more into mobile because why wouldn't you? I mean, if you think about it, it's like the greatest real estate you could possibly have. We look at our phones something like 80 times a day. And so depending on where you have you know, the Chick-fil-A app on your phone, you know, every time you're you're pulling up your uh, app and looking at your homepage, you might be seeing Chick-fil-A's logo. You might be seeing Dunkin' Donuts logo. That's valuable territory to have. And, you know, there's only a certain amount of, of apps people are going to have on, on their phone at once, um, especially given storage space. These days that tends to fill up with like photos and media. And so that's kind of the fight, the fight for the mobile front page real estate right there. Yeah, you know, one thing you mentioned there that I think people don't give enough credit to at this point is if you go back in time, even the 2019, yes, restaurants had mobile apps, most of them, but most of them were, were really not good. <laughs> you know, we, we, I think that's playing a big role in what's happening now is the fact that beyond, you know, before it was almost like, did I really need this app? You know, like I remember talking to Jersey Mike's and they admitted, you know, we had one app experience before this and now it's totally different and it's a thousand times better and that to me is really where that tide has risen a lot because really every restaurant app that i use now is good you know there it's very rare to find one where you go and say you know this experience you know sucks you know sure. what is in this for me you know beyond like i just had this logo of a brand i liked on my phone and, and then beyond that so much of you know, you know, we talk about everything costs more now, but there are so many deals and incentives that they're giving to you only that way now mm -hmm. because they can't otherwise really do it, you know, because they have to have some kind of balance in terms of what do I get data wise or, you know, is there some kind of loyalty play and frequency play in here for me to offer a discount beyond the coupons in your mailbox? And so now you have, you know, Chick-fil-A, as you mentioned, they're doing something at a lot of stores where you can use your app to essentially skip the drive through line and just scan without even talking to anybody. But they're calling the express lane. You have all sorts of brands who are opening these mobile order only lanes. So that's kind of, to me, the future and why you're probably seeing that trend line stick and so high because, A, people want deals. <laughs> They want the access to the things that they see. You know, if you look even at McDonald's deals, they keep doing it only through the app. You know, you can only get Camp McDonald's oh, yeah. stuff if you, you know, sign up for loyalty. You can get the chicken sandwich a day early, whatever it might be. And that's why I think this is not going to really slide all that much because people are going to keep, they might keep downloading and deleting, <laughs> you know, to your point of having sure. storage problems, which happens to me all the time. <laughs> But, you know, we'll keep doing that and then re-signing in when you see a deal that you want. So a lot of that is on the marketing side now. That's, and uh, it's here to stay. You know, it's kind of interesting. That's exactly right. And and they're they're driving, like you, you mentioned with McDonald's, you know, everything's through the app. Right? Oh, you can only get this deal through the app. Um, and for good reason, I think, you know, everyone, the, the brands that are talking with us, at least, everyone is concerned about loyalty and rewards. And if you look at, you know, Starbucks is the example um, that I have up here. If you look at their 
uh, U.S. Um, active Starbucks rewards memberships in the U.S. If you line that up with their U.S. revenues, like they they track um, incredibly tightly, and um, and so my guess is that's the case. Not everyone breaks out their rewards member numbers. Um, but my guess is like, that's the case. Like the more rewards members you have, the more revenue you're going to be making. And that also makes sense because you're getting richer data on these people. Um, you're able to understand their preferences, uh, you know, when they're opening the app, what they're doing when they're opening the app, um, what type of food are they more likely to buy at what times of day they're helping you inform like your business strategy. So they're not only, um, giving you money when they're when they're buying a sandwich or, or french fries but they're helping you run a better business and and to optimize and you can only do that when you have data and the richest data right now uh is coming through the mobile app because it's it's someone's like very personal device that they may give you a certain level of permissions to right maybe yeah. even you're getting location data from them what's you know what's so interesting too and, and i'm not suggesting starbucks did this on purpose because i i don't think that they did but to go to Starbucks now as a consumer, you almost have to have the app for it to be a good experience because without ordering ahead now there with the way that things are going, just with the fact that so many people are ordering ahead, your ability to walk in and order is just such a, I mean, it's, it's almost, I mean, it can be painful, you know, and, and, they're, and they're trying to figure it out. You know, I think it's a lot of it's the complexity and the drinks and the staffing and all that stuff we've talked sure. about a million times but like you will it's very hard to walk into starbucks see what's happening and not go i need to download this app because what, what am i doing you know why why am i trying to yell my name to the barista you know at the at the point of sale because you know that's the thing about what i think COVID has done to restaurants is the point of sale was really kind of the big revolution in the 90s to go from like cash registers to point of sale but now what's happening is this idea of point of sale as an endpoint or a start point, you know, for a concept is now becoming kind of loose because you have so many different omni-channel e-commerce coming in that it almost has to serve as a way to integrate all that versus it being like a an anchor in your restaurant. And you see that at Starbucks, you know, you probably have 60 percent I don't actually I know the number, I have seen it, <laughs> but I don't know it off the top of my head of what that number of the people who order ahead and walk in is but i i think if i'm not mistaken it's like 500 percent higher in the last four years so the idea that you would not get into that you know flywheel for them is very hard to wrap your mind around right now and that's one of the reasons the rewards program is so successful and the other is probably the the tiered nature of it and the fact that there's such a habitual kind of restaurant and people want the rewards but you know beyond that it's gone from like what incentive do i get to how do I order? And that's a good thing for restaurants, I think. And it's, it's like muscle memory, right? Like if you, like every app is different. Every app's navigation is different. Probably they all have like a little hamburger menu is what they call it. So like there's some basic concepts of, of navigation and UI that you're going to have. But like once you get that muscle memory of like your favorite order in this app, it's hard to break that because it's easy and it's, and it's all about convenience. Um, and so it, unless... You, your app has uh, issues or crashes like you kind of prefaced with uh, the Grimace float from McDonald's or even, you know, we're talking about uh, Starbucks. They they launched something in July where I think it was every Tuesday people got 50% off their um, yeah. a drink, but they had to be a rewards member. And, and that skyrocketed daily active users, by the way. They had 5 
consecutive negative growth months for for daily active users, and then they they got out of it with July. But what we saw was um, they had a lot of issues with it. And when these brands launch um, big new initiatives, they usually underestimate the immediate impact, and it causes issues. And then we see it. We we have something called review intelligence. We see it in our review intelligence. We see a big red spike of negative reviews. We can tell what those reviews are, what the keywords associated with are. And it's, you know, for Starbucks recently with this offer I'm talking about, it was, hey, I can't log in. And if I can't log in, then how am I going to get that? And now, um, you know, you've, especially if I'm a first time, it's, you know, it's different if I've been a Starbucks loyalist, but if I'm, you're trying to get me as like a first time user doing this thing, like that's, that's pretty tough to take. And maybe I just go back yeah. to my, my Dunkin' Donuts and I'll, I'll just add one more thing. Um, I, I have like a, a live like use case of, of what I would have done if I was a brand in, in early April. We saw something similar happen with Chick-fil-A. They had an app update. It caused negative reviews to skyrocket and people could not log into their rewards account. And so if I was a competitor, I would have you know probably received an alert on those negative reviews. And then immediately I'm like trying to find out, okay, what apps do users, are users of Chick-fil-A likely to be using? And a tool like ours can can help you identify those apps. And I immediately launch a real time ad buy um, to in those apps that they're probably using to download the Chick Fil A app, and you get a discount for doing so. And so, you know, maybe McDonald's could have capitalized that on something on on on. Hey, I can't get into my Chick Fil A account, but I can get you know half off chicken nuggets at, at McDonald's right now. You get a you know yeah. real time intelligence is about capitalizing on the opportunity. You got you to take what the defense gives you. I feel like we're I feel like we're paging Popeyes on this one. Oh yeah, sure, that would have been a a, a good one. Yes, Popeyes. <laughs> yeah, you know, because uh, I think you're you know you're right because if they had done that, it, it reminds me a lot of um, like when Burger King did that whole detour campaign. If you recall that, oh, where the basically, detour. yeah, that was massive. Yeah, and you know that was you know, a little different, but it was more like geolocation. Just come over here, and you know, if you're within the McDonald's, we'll give you the dollar whopper or whatever it was. I'm kind of drawing. This was feels like years ago because I think it might have been pre-COVID, which is a whole different lifetime. But, <laughs> but yeah, you know, fast food chains are notoriously um, great at doing that with each other. You know, in terms of like taking that sort of playful uh, fighting into their own sales as of course Popeye's proved and Wendy's continues to uh, sort of ride that snarky train. So I, I think what you're saying is true. You know, I think that that's a good concept for people moving forward to pay attention to because this to me is really where the battleground for market share is going to be waged. You know, I, I don't know how much foot traffic, you know, incentives you can really fight on at this point in fast food you know because so much of it now does not come that way that's either spontaneous or it's somebody who's a loyalist to your point or it might just be based i think mostly on where they're living but in terms of how you want to draw somebody in now most of these brands are doing it digitally so i guess you know example wise i think you came prepared with some things here in terms of uh brands to talk about but um you know, what are some things you're just seeing that are kind of catching your interest now? Um, I, yeah, I got, I got a, a few things. Um, I just like did a little um, basic research, I guess. I, I, you know, a little bit before we got on this, I opened my phone. I just went to the app store and I typed in fast food. Uh, yeah. And the first thing that comes up is a paid app install search ad for KFC. So 
Interesting. Again, if I'm a brand, I go, oh, okay, KFC is paying for the key term fast food on the app store. Well, when did they start doing that? Um, what other words are they paying for? And is it working? Should I be doing something similar? And then I, so I scrolled and I was like, cause when I think fast food, you know, I, I think of the golden arches, right? They're just, they're the biggest is essentially there. Uh, so I start scrolling and I'm like wondering like, oh, McDonald's has got to be the first organic. McDonald's was the 20th app on the list. Things like Panera came up before it. <laughs> and so by the way, McDonald's uh, does an amazing job on mobile. So, uh, well, I but, actually heard them address this once. Did uh, they? Yeah. So he, the CEO, was talking about this essentially, um, and his whole thing was for them loyalty the app. Be uh, uh, you know, not like it is for a lot of other restaurant companies. It had nothing to do with awareness for them. And he used this this mm-hmm. kind of stat about like. You know, 80% of the Americans go to McDonald's once a year. Um, how they know that, I have no idea. It might be true. <laughs> but basically what he was saying was their app was really designed not not for people who were unfamiliar with McDonald's or wouldn't who, be, who would look up fast food and then say, let me download McDonald's. It was more for people who were already looking for McDonald's. So that's, that's interesting. O- only you know, because Starbucks is buying keywords – for people misspelling McDonald's right now, um, right, so- which is which is super cool. So you, you make you kind of wonder, you know, if I mean I don't know exactly if that's what's happening here. I just knew that that's their mindset in terms of how they view loyalty. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. more of a more of a frequency play for them than a you know reach play, um, so to speak. But but yeah, I mean I, Starbucks doesn't really need that either, but they view it differently. So everybody is kind of interesting in this yeah, in this world. I, I wonder if they're trying to because they they have a paid. Um, I saw through Optopia that they, they have a paid uh, keyword, uh, just Donald's, and then uh, <laughs> like MacDonald or something like that. And so I, I wonder if they spell it wrong. Is, is like, hey, maybe they're trying to get to McDonald's for a coffee and, and we can offer them a Starbucks. Um, but I, I mean, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of smart, though. I like I mean, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in, in terms of, um, you know, other just like general consumer trends uh, we're seeing. Like I said earlier, it, right now it seems to be all about the rewards, right? The the stock market uh, down, crypto, if anyone cares, is down. The consumer price index uh, is up. Gas is easing, but you know it's up. And so, just consumer interest in value is high. And so, we've seen through our data that that means uh, interest in fast food, in interest in rewards. So, um, you know, I bucket a ton of different apps. Uh, top apps into different categories. And so fast food app sessions, like the top fast food apps, they grew. And a session, by the way, is just like launching an app. So if you open Instagram four times one day, uh, that's we're counting that as like four app sessions. Yeah. Um, so quarter over quarter from Q1 to Q2, we saw that grow 15.5%. Uh, and the only other you know consumer segments that we saw beat it were home improvement and this thing called fast fashion. Um, but a year ago, if you look at that same grouping of fast food apps from Q1 to Q2, it actually had a negative growth rate, negative 2.2%. So that's almost an 18-point swing that we're seeing just from that. And, and from Q1 to Q2, I think, is kind of when inflation really started to hit people um, and when they started yeah. to think about how they're spending their money. 
I mean, I, I've been, you know, we talk a lot in surveys and survey data and brands just started noticing our, our consumers actually trading down into fast food. It's what happened to a degree in 2008 and mm-hmm. sort of generally why people have long called quick service a recession proof segment because it's almost recession built. Um, but you know, that's why COVID was so unique because it had nothing, it was nothing like a recession. It was actually more like a hurricane coming through and demolishing a town, right. <laughs> you know, in terms of what it did to restaurants, uh, especially, you know, independence. But, you know, it's interesting to see that data because I think we've been, you know, the idea is, is it's happening? And I think it probably is going to start being the case and, and to the mobile app part of it, that's really where the value is going to be. Because if you go to McDonald's now, it's not... I mean, it's not cheap, you know, it's not, it's still relatively cheap um, compared to other things out there, but pretty much any fast food, quick serve, you go order something that's kind of like not on the value menu, you're spending eight to $11. Sure. But, but isn't that where um, the rewards come in? Right. And like, yeah. Exactly. And, and they're giving you these like deals. And so that the number of, uh, I'm going to give you another stat. Uh, which actually you you already read because it was in my column, but I'm just I'm going to go out on a limb and assume not everyone's read the column. Um, so the number of times the keyword reward has been used in the um, app reviews of the top uh, eight fast food apps has increased every month this calendar year, which is a year to date increase of of 27 um, percent. And and by the way, side note on that, like uh, we've seen delivery apps, so your Uber Eats, your Grubhub. Like those are those are actually stagnating right now. They're not growing because they do have large fees associated with them for the end user. And yeah. so we're in this moment where I think QSRs are in a prime position to just own more relationships um, and with their customers because their customers they're they're seeking out these rewards programs. And so, um, but again, to keep them there is a is a different story. And you know the rewards should be easy to redeem, easy to understand. But by, by the way, I think I I love auto redemption. I think like I shouldn't have yeah. to like order a meal and forget that I forgot to like click a button. Like if, if my reward like bar is full, like give it to me. Just like, I, I agree. I, I hate that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so like, you know, um, not to knock Chipotle here. I love their app, but it does bother me sometimes that like, I forget I have a reward <laughs> and I'm like, man, if I had remembered, I would have got this, you know, and I just forgot. Exactly. But you know, what I think you're saying, what, what's interesting about what you're saying too, is that I think it's really kind of uh, reflective of what's happened that people know to go search for that in the mobile app field, that that's where they're going and the, and the activity is climbing versus, uh, you know, well, I guess how, how else would you figure out if your restaurant was uh, offering a deal now? <laughs> but I guess that, that shows you that, that people, the adoption has really been pretty amazing this last couple of years. Well- and, and there's a positive sentiment behind the for, for the app reviews. Also, there's positive. We can we do sentiment analysis. We can see that the keyword um, reward within the app reviews has a positive sentiment. People are like saying like, "Thanks for the free chicken," or "Thanks for the free beef," or like, "I like this because I'm able to get like get rewards quickly and easily," or, or like things like that. And people are so much more likely to leave a negative review. So when you do see that positivity, like you, you really want to dig into that and and keep repeating that process. Yeah, so I we I know we've touched on a couple things related to this, including noticing when your competitor's app is failing. <laughs> but I mean, but what are what are some ways restaurants can use this data to their advantage? Um, you know, kind of beyond uh, that part of it. You know, just from what they can look maybe at their own data and what they can glean from that. So, 
their their own data is not like I, I would say if I was a brand, like I'm not coming to my company, Aptopia, to look at my own data. Um, okay. I am coming doing to, it to understand like what my competitors are doing, what I can learn from them, by the way. So, and I'll give you an example of, of uh, that is, okay. So all these, all these QSRs, they do lots of offers, right? Free this, free that, download the app, get this, sign up for awards, get that. And so when I'm looking at the data, typically when that happens, as long as they've promoted it well or, and the offer is good enough, we see a spike in downloads, right? Now, if I'm a competitor, I want to understand how big was that spike? Like, sh is that a, a promotion that I should be doing? Um, and what you need to do is take it a level further and actually track the downloads against the daily active users and understand, okay, they got this many downloads but how many people are actually staying in the app 30 days later? What is the, the new daily or monthly active user number um, a month later, three months later after this bump? If the lines, if the download line, you're looking at a chart, the download line and the DAU line track very closely together, they rise and fall together, that's low retention. You don't have a lot going on there. Um, and so if I'm a competitor, I go, okay, that didn't really work out for them. They might've actually just lost money on that because they gave away a bunch of free fries and they didn't really get any loyal customers from it. But yeah. Taco Bell uh, did something called the Taco Lover subscription, which is unique. It was fun. It was really interesting. And it potentially kept a chunk of people coming back day after day. And so what we saw with that is there was like a rise in, in daily active users. And it didn't drop off so quickly compared with other promotions that we've seen in the past. It it stayed at a certain level and slowly, gradually fell. That's just the natural process of things happening. Um but that was like what I would call a successful promotion where you boosted the number of daily active users for months to come. That, that's what I would be looking at. I would be trying to understand what my competitors' promotions, what worked, what didn't they work, what can I improve? Um, and, then, and then I have something else, but I'll, I, I'll let you react to that. <laughs> well, I was just going to say on that same uh, token, you know, didn't, I, I feel like I remember you writing about Panera too in, in sort of a – you know, with their unlimited subscription and their coffee, and then they brought it into all the drinks that, that they were able to see kind of, uh, right. you know, day over day records over and over and again. And it makes you think about subscription programs. I know that, you know, it's not a, this is not a COVID conversation. Restaurants were talking about doing subscriptions a long time ago. Burger King tried it with like $5 coffee. And then, you know, Panera did it right. ahead of COVID and then they did it again. Um, but, you know, I think the reason that it didn't work in the past really was the systems weren't there to support the the uh, fulfillment from the consumer. Because it was like, do I want to walk in and like walk up to the cash register and be like, I'm here for my free coffee. <laughs> it's like it wouldn't make a lot of sense. But now I think what you're seeing with the Taco Bell deal with Panera, that having it through the order ahead and the app and all that already loaded up on your devices and now making it a feasible engagement tool and and if i just had to guess <laughs> you know i don't think taco bell will be the uh, last one to do this in the coming year you know especially if you even look in the, within their own family of brands with pizza hut and um sure you know probably kfc makes maybe more logistical sense because i i'm not sure what you do on the pizza side with that but whatever i'm not uh i'm not at young brands deciding <laughs> just the point being there are probably more subscription services coming to uh, build off your point i was thinking about that i was thinking you might like ask me for like some crazy idea that that brands could do and i <laughs> saw in our in our data um 
I saw that because I was looking at delivery and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like delivery stagnating, like the Uber Eats and the Grubhubs and all that. And then I looked at um, meal kits, like Blue Apron and things like that, where you get the ingredients uh, shipped to you. They give you a recipe card. You have the exact amount you need and you you just make it. You follow the instructions. It is cheaper than eating out, but it is more expensive than just shopping for groceries. Yeah. And to people who are used to delivery, I was like, oh, like maybe – Maybe the people who aren't using these delivery apps are, are switching to meal kits since we're seeing such a rise. And it got me thinking, um, you know, that's essentially a, a subscription. And would a QSR ever like send out a subscription of frozen meals? So maybe, you know, you think about White Castle, they sell in supermarkets, <laughs> but would they do like a make your own Whopper or something like that? And my thought is probably not because these people are, these companies are like, crazy about consistency and like that's a big thing for them but that would be like an interesting uh subscription play that i think. um so yeah there have been there have been attempts at that like california pizza kitchen the, the basically where like you get the take-home um pizza poppin murphy's obviously that's kind of their business model but um so i have come up with an idea along these lines before that oh, i've told yes. people it's not really a good idea let's just get that out of okay. the way <laughs> But, you know, the virtual brand space to me, um, it's, you know, it's coming to a point now where it's got, it's become its own thing. And that's both good and bad, depending on who you are in that space. And the problem with the restaurants basically doing what we would call like, you know, if you were looking at it from the angle of I was going to deliver a brand out of my kitchen that people didn't realize was coming from my kitchen that's named something else, you know, that's became a very common concept. And it's become less common because now that restaurants are busy, again, they don't have as much capacity in the kitchen. But whatever, that's not relevant. <laughs> but my idea of this is that I think one of the problems with that space is there's not enough branding in it, you know, in terms of trust, you know, for the longevity of who ends up being a virtual brand that people can still order beyond like the aggregator app finding part of it. Right. And so I thought, what and so I thought, what if we can combine that with subscriptions? And then combine it with something that's already living in that world, like say Peloton. <laughs> so, th so this was my idea, and I, I you know, I was like, "Will Peloton hear this?" I hope probably not. But you know, why don't they have like a ver you know, essentially a subscription food service like a Blue Apron that goes along with your workout? It comes from a brand that you're already invested in. That's called Peloton, whatever. But the food is fulfilled out of a kitchen, out of a restaurant, you know, beyond. You know, maybe it's fulfilled out of like some casual chains kitchen. Yeah. To me, that makes a lot of sense on the subscription side because I'm a personally, uh, first of all, let me clear this up. I am not a Peloton subscriber. <laughs> I don't ride the bike. Um, <laughs> I'm actually, I actually have a Hydro, which is like the same thing, but a, uh, you know, like a rowing machine. Yep. So if they want to do this, cool. I don't mean to signal you out a Peloton. But that idea to me, like in the subscription world, because I found that to be the problem with meal kits. Like, I, I don't like, do I really want food from like, I, I mean, I know Blue Apron is sort of the exception of how big they got. But like, who is this company that I'm ordering from? Mm -hmm. Like, to your point, if I'm a really big loyalist of a QSR, like maybe I'd be more apt for that. But like, do you really want to order, no offense, Burger King, but like five days a week? <laughs> sure, you know? sure. Right. But, you know, like maybe you could fit that into something that makes sense. Like Smoothie King, for example, is doing a subscription service right now. And that makes a lot of sense. Right. But but they're not but they're operating it out of the brick and mortar. So it's kind of different. Like, How do you couple that with delivery in a way that works? So, you know, so I'm know. in the I'm in the northeast 
and uh, there's a like a higher end restaurant chain here called Davios. I have no idea if they're in North Carolina. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know the answer to that question, but I have heard of them just because I guess I okay. do this on a daily basis. So, but, so but they yeah. um, teamed up with this this weight loss program. So it's not a workout program per se, but it's some weight loss program. I think it's called Awaken 180. Um, if that's a competitor, the actual name, I'm sorry. But, uh, and if you go to Davios, they have like their regular menu. And then one of the pages of the menu, or maybe it's a separate menu. I'm not sure. Is an Awaken 180 menu. So like they've, it's, it's not exactly what you're talking about, but it was like an interesting partnership where I was like looking at the menu thinking like, Oh, that, like that's interesting. So people from this weight loss program can be like, oh, I can go out and have this really nice meal, but stay within my my confines. And so I, I think your idea of Peloton, though, that that is interesting. I like. That. <laughs> well, one of the well, one of the problems with uh, that space and probably why you're seeing it stagnating delivery is that that one off occasion is really expensive. Now the hmm. some of those subscription programs that you know Dish Pass and things they do that's that's pretty good and that's probably one of the reasons that like pizza chains are having such trouble finding drivers and things it's hard to compete with what's going on in that world but beyond that like for me as a consumer like i might be able to get behind delivery if i could do it in bulk you know like if i could do it for five days i'm like a meal kit but i'm doing it like alongside some kind of like workout plan i have for two weeks again this is just me talking as a uh, um, random idea person <laughs> that no yeah, one's listening well, to but i mean i you guess know. you could get instacart to deliver like so so grocery stores are starting to not starting to i'm sure they've been doing this but they have like prepared meals and um you know as long as they're of like what you want or a certain quality and they're on the menu you could feasibly get instacart to deliver these to you at like some type of yeah right i'd want like 15 of them at once is my problem because (laughs) like i just feel that that one time like order from even from i've done this with instacart but it's like this one random person comes to my house with like you know one bottle of wine and i'm like what did i just do you know and and (laughs) i think there's like it is pricey for one bottle of wine i've never done drizzly which is alcohol delivery just because it's like it's pretty pricey the only time I've done that is like someone has sent me something through there as like a gift. Sure. So that yeah, or but if you're yeah, it's kind of like mega the, order like for a party. It makes sense. Yeah. Well, even then, you're gonna pay a lot. Um, so yeah, it's weird. We'll see how it develops. I do think that there's some friction there in the third party space. I mean, that, to be fair, a lot of what we're talking about is born out of third party because restaurants had to figure out a way to regain that customer. And that's why the apps became what they did um, beyond just being a reaction to the market. But they had to grapple for share again with those, you know, DoorDash and Uber Eats of the world. And so now here we are. So you've got all this white label solutions popping into the market, you know, the lunchboxes of the worlds and all these companies that are trying to stem that tide. But, you know, those are giants, though, in terms of their their reach is enormous. And you, a lot of times you're forced to get into that pool just because you're trying to, you know, reach new guests. Not a problem for McDonald's, really. Um, that's why they hold all the leverage in their delivery deals. Yeah, um, and they, but we're not all McDonald's, right? So Right. And, and uh, just a stat I have here for McDonald's, um, the, the summer camp uh, appears to be going well. The kids seem to like it. Uh, it's, 
it July was McDonald's second largest month for US downloads of its app. Um second to October 2018. Uh and and it's just a, a few hundred K above July, and it was when they launched their Halloween instant win game and brought back the McRib. So that was that was pretty big <laughs> yeah. for them. But the I mean to to have your second biggest month, like that's that's pretty huge. Um and so these whatever the, the the giveaways and the you know celebrity appearances from um, you know Kit Cuddy and yeah. uh, and and other people who I don't honestly listen to appears to be uh, working and, and people seem to dig it. And it was National Friday, by the way, which which does uh, drive yeah. a good bit of action. I mean, they've done so, they've just done such a good job aligning their brand with uh, stewards of it, like to get the word out that that's been so successful for them. These famous meals and the things they do, and, and what's great about them too is they add zero complexity because they're not LTOs. You know, it's just like a rearranged version of stuff on their menu, and people order it because Travis Scott right. does. It's Right, it's really smart, and they people keep copying them, which is how retail I liked, works. I liked, and, you know. I did like the the. I think it was Burger King. They did the the keep it real meals, and I thought yep. the concept yeah. was cool. Where like you know the artists like Nelly were like using their real names. I thought that was like an interesting vibe. Yeah, and I don't, and I don't know in terms of how that performed in comparison Not as well. But they also yeah. historically don't do a great job of. Um, driving people to the right places from what i've seen uh we've just seen campaigns of theirs that uh like the call to action is like ordering food but they're sending you to a website instead of download the app and they're even on their commercials like are giving you like www.whateveritis.com uh for, for the the real meal or i think it was for the real meal deals either that or when they were launching their um their rewards program and it was like you're expecting someone to one memorize a website that's not burgerking.com and two like pull out their phone open the browser type it in when you could just like have them click the app or download the app and just and on mobile it's just it's also just if you have a good ui it's just easier and better like i should be able to you should be able to order food check out all with one thumb while like your crying child is in your other arm right like yeah. you got to make it easy for the people you got to meet them on their terms and and where they are um and that 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 brings me to um have you ever used uh carplay or android auto i have carplay in my car yeah okay have you do you have dunkin donuts near you yeah um i don't know if they made it that far south or not (laughs) yeah we, we have dunkin donuts but uh where i live we have no drive throughs as i mentioned on this podcast before so for me like that type of ordering for Duncan, it doesn't it doesn't really mesh up. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I um but we do have Dunkin' Donuts. Uh it's uh it's actually across the street from Starbucks. So Yeah. Yeah, of course it is. Uh yeah. so but you gotta get out of your car in both cases. Yeah, so. that's too bad. Um we this this was almost a year ago actually, but I, I keep bringing it up because I haven't seen other brands do it, but um Dunkin' Donuts enabled CarPlay, uh, and when they did, they opened up like an eighteen and a half percent gap in terms of user sessions against the market average. Um, so people like wanted to at least try it out, right? And they made it so only rewards members could leverage it. And like a coffee for a coffee chain, especially. So I'm surprised the other coffee chains haven't copied this, or really anywhere that sells coffee. It yeah. feels like a really good use case where, you know, you get in your car. And before you start your drive, or maybe at a 
at a long red light you have in your drive, like you can quickly within the car's interface that you already know how to use, um, pull up the the app and do your, you, it should be like one to two clicks basically to get your like favorite order if, if you are a rewards member. Um, and that's like super easy and accessible. It feels like a big opportunity. I do think it's like tough to develop for. And I think you got to like invest some money in order to do that. But it feels oh, yeah. like I imagine they they have to pay uh, Apple a lot of money, um, but it, but I do think it's cool because you know what I do not like um, as a consumer is the voice ordering. That just drives me. I have not crazy. tried this. Well, you know, like if you're telling Alexa, like I want you know oh, Dunkin' Donuts. I don't like, like Alexa. That. No, I can't. I have a Google Home in my house. It's fine for two things to me: like tell me the weather and play music. Mm-hmm. But in terms of actually ordering food off of there, I can't get behind it. It's just it makes me too nervous in terms of I know they repeat it back sometimes or whatever, but it's it's just like you gotta yell at it. Like you all, we all see the commercials where like the guy's sitting there going, you know, he's talking and it's like repeating the wrong thing over and over at him. Yep. But <laughs> so like I haven't got I just can't get behind that. But to point like a on a, my car, I would definitely do that. You know, for me it's like I gotta do that and then I gotta also get out of my car and so it's like why did I go through all these steps <laughs> you know normally uh, normally what i'll do is i'll be at my house or in the office and i'll order from the phone then i'll drive and go get whatever i'm right. getting food whatever why, why do you think they don't have drive throughs um it's uh it's a traffic thing you know there there's like one road in chapel hill um basically okay. that goes up like the main drag and then um you know it's two lanes on each side and there's one drive through that's been here for 80 years so they grandfathered in the claws and they will they will cause massive traffic delays, um, right. and it's it's like a chicken biscuit place, <laughs> but you know that that's the idea behind it. So so it kind of, you know once you if you go ten minutes outside of like Chapel Hill, there's there's drive throughs everywhere. So I'm not suffering uh, living here for that reason, but <laughs> I will say that I get the coffee on the morning, which I'll do on random occasions if I like am out of it. That that does suck. Because I hate getting out and parking and walking in. It's it's um, it's not a good deal. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you, sometimes I just won't get coffee because I'm too lazy to do that. Do, a, a, when a you sign. walk into these establishments, do you have like a QSR magazine badge that you like flash <laughs> and you get free food, or how does that? Work? No, my bro- my brother actually asks me that question all the time because he'll be like, "Why don't you leverage this?" And I'm like. 90 percent of these brands I would walk in, they would be like, "What the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> you know, because it's not like I'm walking into the corporate office, know. you know. And I'm like, "Hey, I cover you guys." You know, I'd walk in, they'd be like, "Okay, um, what do you want?" <laughs> you want? Yeah. No, yeah. You know, pl- plus, like, I think we all kind of like. I get a lot of free um, stuff in the mail, as you probably see if you follow me on LinkedIn, sure. like random children's clothing. And yeah. Uh, yeah, you don't have to shop for your for your kid anymore. Yeah, yeah I like I get fun. I get all this crazy swag. Like I got um you know, I got these Portillo's Crocs the other day and um my daughter wears this Chick-fil-A hat that's this bucket hat that has peaches on it that's I mean legitimately kind of awesome but uh right. But but in terms of like, you know, I I think the influencers of the world of like when you walk into a restaurant you tell me you're a blogger and they feel like that that to me I think we all hate those people. You yeah, know, I, I did not expect uh, that you do this. I just had to ask. No, I mean it's a good. I, my like I said, like I was at Red Lobster the other day, and it was kind of a, a rough experience. And my brother's like, "Tell them who you work for," and I'm like, "They're not gonna care," you know. And even <laughs> it, and even if they did, like I'm not gonna be that guy. So, right, right, right. Um, 
Yeah, but but I have a friend who is is an influencer, blogger, Instagram, whatever, and and they do that stuff all the time. And I I just sometimes I'm like, do you know how much pressure you put on this poor restaurant for you know? Because they don't understand what you're even saying when you're like, I'm gonna come in here, I'm gonna you know post this picture afterwards, and uh, just it just kind of gross sometimes. But. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the the corporate people uh they're targeting the wrong audience with that the, the corporate people would care much more than like the day worker who's just like trying to <laughs> trying to do well, yeah. job and leave although it was funny the other day i was um you know i went to kava which we have over here it's um you know and i posted on linkedin i was just like i went you know i had this experience where i went to kava and like i didn't talk to anybody i didn't see anyone i just like went and grabbed the shelf and ate by myself outside and the ceo like messaged um or commented and was just like, you can come inside next time. We'll be friendly. <laughs> and I was just like, huh. you know, I never really thought that that could happen when I say things, but it was kind of cool in a certain way. For sure. Um, <laughs> you know, whatever, especially, you know, I, it's not like, not like I grew up understanding any stuff. I've only been doing this for a few years. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's a it's, weird deal. You guys cover the gamut. I mean, it, it's, it's, um, lots of information like this is you're basically where i like started like learning about qsr once we started getting some of those clients and then i was uh like oh okay we there's there's a lot of like interesting things going on here with mainly with loyalty and rewards and and mobile adoption and so it's kind of a space that i've been spending a little more time in yeah well we um i was i was actually thinking the other day we should launch an app <laughs> we've been We've like, talked about it for a while, but but I don't know if it ever happened. The idea in my head and restaurants feel the same. Jersey Mike's told me this once is like the best the best part about an app for them is the text notifications, the push notifications sure. that they could send people. Because the and I have a teenage brother and like he doesn't even have email. You know, so you have to think if you're thinking ahead to the future of like how are you gonna reach people? You know, the, this is a generation now who doesn't even, like, they don't have Gmail accounts. I mean, they might get them when they get to college or whatever, but oh yeah, but Jersey Mike's can, you know, they just hit a button and instantly in the hand of all these people that are on with, their app. With great yeah. power comes great responsibility, Daddy. Like, it is the single most uh, powerful yet invasive, like, form of communication that there is. And so there's companies devoted to making sure you don't mess that up. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, if they, if Jersey Mike said that to me five times a day, I'd probably have a problem with it. But, but you know, if they're doing it once a month, um, I think it's cool. You know, sure, it's probably sure. much better for them than and sending it, out an true, email. That's true, though. I know, I, know the younger, I know several people in younger generations than I. Uh, I'm, I'm 32. Um, who uh, they, they don't even really text much. They actually communicate with each other through Snapchat. Yeah, my brother does that. He doesn't text. I can't get him to text me back. <laughs> so I don't, and I don't even know why. But yeah, if he, you know, if he has apps, you just hit him with the buzz, you know, on the text. So I thought, like, could I do that to readership? To your point, though, I probably could, but I would also drive them crazy if I, if I wielded that irresponsibly. So there, who knows? A, uh, who knows? Yeah, there, there, there's a uh, the the right cadence and moment. Like there, there's also like brands working in mobile um, that try to understand your user's data and try to understand what is the best moment through their app journey to send them a push notification or time of day based on historical data. So there's yeah. a science to it. 3 a.m. So. That's right. You up. It's just Burger King <laughs> saying you up is the king. 
<laughs> and that would get my attention. I might down delete the app afterward, but uh not again, King. Yeah. <laughs> although, although he's like the only mascot still standing, so you gotta yeah. give him some love, you know. That's right. Well, Adam, I really appreciate all the time today. Um before I let you go though, if you want to just tell people where they might be able to reach you if they want to learn more about what your you know company does, get yeah. some of that insight for themselves beyond you know reading your column every month. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, where, where might they be able to find QSR, QSR Magazine, for sure. Um, I am mostly active on Twitter, at Adam Blacker, first, last name, 25. Um, and then if you want to read our insights, sometimes they're QSR-related, sometimes they're literally anything under the sun because everyone has an app, and that would be at blog.aptopia.com. Um, and if you want to see what we have to offer, you can talk to me or just go to aptopia.com. Cool. All right. Well, we appreciate it. Look forward to your next column. I guess it should be coming here soon, right? That's right. Early in August. So anyway, everybody, as always, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>